the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider on this last weekend of April, a weekend that features Pope Francis's 41st International Apostolic Trip to Budapest. My guest in the interview segment, Part 1, are Swiss-Indian filmmaker Kamal Musal and co-producer and actress Jacqueline Fritschi-Cornas, who portrays Mother Teresa in the film Mother Teresa and Me. I also talked to Thierry Cajunut, head of the Zaria Foundation, created in 2010 on the occasion of Mother Teresa's birth centenary to raise funds for the making of this movie. Its aim now is to alleviate the suffering of the poor, abandoned, sick, and dying. This is a story about love and compassion, inspired by the life of Mother Teresa. A story about Teresa and Cavita, two women's lives, passionate and uncompromising, woven over generations by two intertwined stories. Both women achieved their vocation in spite of serious personal doubts. A story about life and death, Dignity and Deprivation. It is riveting. And now the news highlights of the past week in the Vatican. Sunday, April 23rd. In remarks following the Regina Chaley prayer with the faithful gathered in St. Peter's Square, Pope Francis called for an end to violence in Sudan and a return to the path of dialogue. He also looked ahead to his upcoming visit to Hungary in the context of the ongoing war in neighboring Ukraine. In view of the gravity of the situation in Sudan, Pope Francis Sunday invited everyone to pray for our Sudanese brothers and sisters. Hundreds of people have reportedly died in fighting in recent days, with thousands more injured. Violence, in fact, erupted earlier this month as Sudan's regular army forces battled the paramilitary Rapid Support Forces in a struggle for power in the beleaguered nation. Francis appealed for an immediate end to violence and a return to the path of dialogue. Francis also mentioned his upcoming weekend trip to Budapest, Hungary, saying it will be a journey to the center of Europe, over which the icy winds of war continue to blow, with the resulting movement of so many people, which puts humanitarian issues high on the agenda. Monday, April 24th. The Council of Cardinals, also known as the C9 Advisory Body, met today in the Vatican in the presence of Pope Francis. This is the first meeting of the new C9 after the renewal of the body by the Pope on March 7th. The Cardinals represent European countries, Africa, India, the U.S., and Brazil. The Council of Cardinals was established by Pope Francis with a chirograph on September 28, 2013. This tasked the cardinals with assisting him in the governance of the Universal Church, as well as the reform of the Roman Curia. Tuesday, April 25th, the C9 Council continued its meeting. Wednesday, April 26th, was a busy day for the Holy Father, as it included the weekly general audience, a meeting with the Chicago-based Catholic Extension Society, a papal message on vocations, and a brief communique on the two-day C9 meeting. At his general audience, Pope Francis continued his catechesis on apostolic zeal, 
and he reflected on the prayer of monks and nuns as the, quote, beating heart of the Church's mission. The Pope began by asking what contribution those who live in a monastery can make to the Church's mission of announcing the Gospel. Wouldn't it be better, he asked, if they dedicated their energies to mission? His answer was a resounding no. Monks and nuns are the beating heart of the Church's proclamation of the Gospel. Their prayer is oxygen for all the members of the body of Christ, the invisible force that sustains the mission. It's not a coincidence, he said, that the patron saint of mission, St. Teresa of the Child Jesus, is a nun. As another example of this calling, Pope Francis offered St. Gregory Narek, a 10th century Armenian monk. Also Wednesday, in his meeting with the U.S.-based Catholic Extension Society, Pope Francis thanked members for their ongoing commitment and also for the Society's precious contribution at both the ecclesial and civil levels to the reconstruction of Puerto Rico following the hurricanes and earthquakes that have devastated the island in recent years. The Society, founded over a century ago, is engaged in providing assistance to missionary dioceses, especially in the United States, and in caring for the needs of the poor and most vulnerable. In giving a voice to those who are often voiceless, said the Pope, you bear witness to the dignity granted by God to every person. He praised the organization for putting the care in placing those who are often victims of today's throwaway culture at the center of your pastoral action in the church. In this way, he noted, their voice can be heard and society as a whole can benefit. Also Wednesday, in his message for the World Day of Prayer for Vocations, Pope Francis said, This day is a precious opportunity for recalling with wonder that the Lord's call is grace, a complete gift, and at the same time a commitment to bring the gospel to others. The Day of Prayer for Vocations falls each year on the fourth Sunday of Easter, when the Church reads the gospel passage of the Good Shepherd. This year, that's Sunday, April 30th. Francis emphasized that each human being is chosen by God, created by love, for love, with love, and made for love. He underscored that God's call tends to make itself known gradually, and it calls for a response on our part. Vocation is the interplay between divine choice and human freedom. Also Wednesday, the Holy Father paid a brief visit to St. Mary Major Basilica to pray before the beloved icon of Mary Salus Popoli Romani for a fruitful trip to Hungary at the weekend. Thursday, April 27th was a quiet day, but Friday, April 28th, Pope Francis began his 41st international apostolic trip when he arrived just before 10 a.m. in Budapest, the capital of Hungary, where he will stay until Sunday evening. He was briefly in Budapest in 2021 when, on his way to Slovakia, he presided at the closing mass for the 52nd International Eucharistic Congress. His three-day trip includes meetings with civil and religious officials, bishops, priests and religious, and refugees. He will celebrate a Mass in Budapest with the Catholic community, a community that experienced a renaissance after the persecution under the communist regime, but today is suffering the effects of secularization of the old continent. Well, those are the highlights of the week, but now stay tuned for my talk 
with the makers of the film, Mother Teresa and Me. Welcome to this week's Q&A. The question is, what does the word incunabula mean? In the history of printing, incunabulum and the plural incunabula is a book, pamphlet, or broadside, a large sheet of paper printed on one side only, that was printed in the earliest stages of printing in Europe, up to the year 1500. Incunabula were produced before the printing press became widespread on the continent, and they're distinct from manuscripts, which are documents written by hand. Now, the Vatican Library, founded in 1475 by Pope Nicholas V, houses over 1.6 million printed books, the majority of which are old and rare, and includes 8,600 incunabula, also tens of thousands of 16th-century editions and 17th-century editions. The library has 75,000 manuscripts in Latin, Greek, Arabic, Hebrew, Persian, Ethiopian, and Syriac, charting back to the 2nd century. Approximately 6,000 new volumes are added to the library each year. Only about a quarter are purchased, while the rest are gifts. Between 1927 and 1939, the Library of Congress and the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace assisted with the modernization of the Vatican Library's book catalog system. EWTN, Communicating the Faith. I've only been Catholic for a little over a year. I converted from Baptist. My wife and, and mother-in-law did too. Listen to you guys every day. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I always enjoy listening to you. Uh, your folks are great. I hope you go for many more years. You guys have such a wonderful program. I've been a part of EWTN for years now. And I love to listen to it every day. From Rome to your home, EWTN's Vatican Bureau lets you watch all of the important events from Rome, even if you don't have a TV. Using the latest technology, we've made it possible to watch the latest news from the Holy See, all delivered directly to your home. It's easy. Watch live on EWTN YouTube and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. We need to pray for priests that they have courage and strength to be faithful. Pray for bishops who have whole dioceses under them. And they're responsible for everyone. Religious who teach, we should pray for them. Cardinals, our Holy Father, our families, our neighbors, everybody who has a hard time living the truth or preaching the truth. We all need that extra strength of prayer. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome my guest to another special feature on Vatican Insider because this week's interview segment features an award-winning film and three special guests. The producer of that film, the actress who portrays Mother Teresa, and the president of the Zaria Foundation, Thierry Kajanut. We're going to talk to him in just a moment. 
Now, first of all, you have to know why we're here, because this uh, film received an award from the film festival, the Mirabile Dictu International Catholic Film Festival. Now, this was founded in 2010 by producer and filmmaker Liana Marabini, and this was launched to honor producers, filmmakers, documentaries, docufiction, TV series, short films, and programs that promote universal moral values and positive models. The competition honors entries in five categories, including Best Film, Best Director, Best Short Film, Best Documentary, and the Capax Day Foundation Special Prize for Evangelization. By the way, the words mirabile dictu, that's a Latin phrase meaning wonderful to relate. So now the award given this year, and it's called the Silverfish Award, inspired, of course, by the first Christian symbol. The award for the film this year for the best film was Mother Teresa and Me. And that is a film by Kamal Musale, the Swiss Indian filmmaker, and also with starring the actress Jacqueline Fritschke Kornas, and she plays Mother Teresa. So I'll be talking to all of those people in a minute. But let me um, let me now go to Thierry, who's the president of the Zaria Foundation. So tell us a little bit about that, Thierry. I did not know about that until we uh, saw the film last night and at its Rome premiere. Yes. Hello, John. Thank you so much for having me and um, talking about the film on your show. Um, we created the Zaria Foundation when we set out to, to make the movie. We thought of the film Gandhi, and we imagined that, oh, this, that the film could be very successful, make a lot of money, and we thought, well, what would we do with the money? And he said, well, nobody should get rich, you know, uh, on the shoulder of Mother Teresa, that wouldn't be right. And so we had this idea that it should go to all the revenue, should go to the poorest of the poor, to, uh, in the spirit of Mother Teresa. So we said, well, why don't we create a foundation? And we raise all the money through donations, so we have no investors, and the costs of the production are, are gifted, so we don't have to recoup it. Wonderful. And so. And so from, from the very first revenues they come in, uh, we can distribute it to the poorest of the poor. And right. at first, the foundation is a vehicle for the financing. Uh, and, and then later in life, when the, when the movie is released, it becomes a philanthropical endeavor to distribute this uh, wisely to, to the poorest of the poor. Well, that's wonderful. And, and the thing is, I did, after the film was premiered last night here at the Chasey uh, Hotel, um, I went home to research. I had already learned something about the film and its protagonist, but I went home to research the foundation. So when, um, after this interview airs and I announce it on my blog, I will also put up a link to the foundation. You oh, know, so, oh, so tell us a little more you know, about your current activities. The current activities now are centered around the distribution of the film, um, because now it's a second endeavor. You make the movie, then you have to make sure people see it. And, uh, and of course. Then, and, uh, and then we're working on the re release in the United States, which should be in the fall. And then, you know, so it's step by step. So in the fall, sometime probably around 
Uh, the date, of course, of Mother Teresa's death was was September fifth, nineteen ninety seven. Yes, that would be that would be a great date. And that's Absolutely. A, uh, Thank you so much for your role in this and for taking time out to talk to us. I know you have other meetings in the Vatican, so I will certainly let you be on your way for that, Thierry. And and God bless you in your endeavors. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned, the award for the film this year was Mother Teresa and Me. And that's a film produced by Kamal Musali, the Swiss Indian filmmaker, and uh, also co-produced by the actress Jacqueline Fritschi-Cornas, who portrays Mother Teresa in the film. So, welcome, Kamal. Good morning. Welcome. And welcome, Jacqueline. Hello, everybody. The film was previewed last night, premiered last night, here in Rome at the Hotel Chasey, a very wonderful audience of people involved in the film, monsignors and priests from the Vatican, and, and many, many other guests. And I only know that I ran out of adjectives as I was watching the film, but the absolute first one that came to mind was probably powerful, an amazing word to describe this film. But come on, let's, I want to turn to you first. And first of all, tell us a little bit about your Swiss company, and then I want to go into this film. Well, in fact, I have uh, uh, three companies, uh, one Swiss and one in India, which produced most of the story of the film, and also one in England. So this is thanks to the three companies that we could make an international co-production and benefit from, you know, like uh, the help of the British Film Institute, as well as having uh, less cost in India because of being a, an Indian production company. So this, is, so this is how we could make the film for a budget that is not too high, but at the same time that has a lot of uh, epic and scope. I have to say I was blown away by the credits at the end of the film. Liana Marabini, whom I mentioned earlier, Liana said she left the credits on the screen so that we could see how many people were involved in the movie. And I mean, it, it was absolutely phenomenal, which explains the quality, I think, of the film, too. But now tell me this, you never personally knew or met Mother Teresa, did you? No, I did not uh, meet Mother Teresa, but I uh, have been uh, in Calcutta uh, at the time she was there several times because in the 80s I used to go very, very often to Calcutta, and uh, so I met the reality of Calcutta at that time. And also, as I had mentioned uh, previously in this uh, film, you know, there is also for me a, a knowledge of uh, poor people, people in the misery, not only in India but in different parts of the world, so that's how I got a, a connection uh, for the work of Mother Teresa, or the work, let's say, not of Mother Teresa, but the work of the poor. But of the films you've made, what inspired you to tell this story? You were asked last night by someone, was this a true story? And you said, your answer was, it could have been a, a true story, because it's two intersecting lives, Kavita, the young girl of, of Indian origin, and Mother Teresa, they never really met as adults, but we find out at the end of the film how, how they did meet. I won't ruin that. But So what inspired you to tell this story? The first thing that came to mind was compassion. Compassion because of the experience of having seen poor people, people dying in different parts of the world, 
And when you are a filmmaker, you you know you capture his moment, but you have to hold your emotions. And uh, when you know the foundation approached me to think about something about Mother Teresa, I thought that was for me a very good way to release his emotion, and that's how the idea of compassion came to came as my first idea about it. And then, of course, I had heard uh, something about Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa's doubts, and that I thought that makes it for a probably complex and interesting character, which was proven when I was doing all the research for a long time and meeting people who knew her or people who wrote, not about her, but about the conditions of working with her. And uh, so that gave me the possibility to understand her much better, but at the same time I had a difficulty to identify to her problem. Sure. So to identify better, I thought to have a, a story of another contemporary young woman having a problem of being abandoned in normal life, I thought it was easier for me to identify, but also for the audience to follow the emotion, and through that to understand the steps and stages where uh, Teresa is going through, thanks to this character of Cavita. No, it, it is truly a, a riveting story, and at the very end of the film, you're left almost breathless when you do find out the relationship that you haven't suspected all along that did exist between Mother Teresa and Kavita, this young modern girl who uh, in love with someone. She's a violinist, a superb musician, and she finds herself pregnant and in huge difficulty because the man she loves appears not to love her. And she's thrown into quite a number of situations. She's trying to decide. Everybody's trying to persuade her to abort. And um, she's just not sure that's right, and she meets... Uh, it, it's uh, her nanny and other people who have become involved with this this Mother Teresa, and she learns the, the value of life. No one kills their own child. Yes, but I didn't ask for this. And she gives all the arguments that we hear today for people who just want to make abortion seem like a cutting your fingernails. We watch her change in her life because of a woman she doesn't know that she's ever met. It's a, it's, a, it's a very, very compelling story. But what did you learn by the end of the film about Mother Teresa that you hadn't known before? And did something change in you as you made the film? It's a, it's a question I've been asked uh, several times, you know. It's almost like uh, I've been asked several times whether this, you know, meeting with Mother Teresa changed me. And I must say that uh, it didn't change me because, uh, you know, it's, it's a continuation of an experience I had since the very early days. And it's for me more a philosophical, spiritual, poetic experience and not a religious one. Uh, so that's a flow for me that continued and, and meeting this story as maybe a you know, like every story you, you do is a passion, the, you discover something in you uh, that is a little new or that is, has been not fully used. So that was the same. I, I opened a, a little garden I didn't know existed in this fashion and that, uh, you know, I contemplated and, and followed this garden. But I wouldn't say it changed me, it just made me, a, a, you know, more me. A richer person in from an interior, you know, uh, mm. aspect, I certainly would guess. You know, n now Jacqueline, um, how did the two of you uh, link up? Did you know each other before this film? You're an actress. 
Yes. yes. Um, no, we didn't know each other before. It was just a wonderful, wonderful coincidence. Um, I might, you know, go a little bit back and tell you how the the idea came up and how the vision was born. Absolutely. Um, I was in India the first time 13 years ago. And I had a wonderful chance to get to know some Bollywood studios. Uh, it's a really a different world. And on the way, I met for the first time in my life also very, very poor street children. And I was shocked to realize um, the lack of perspective in their lives. Um, I was shocked about the misery um, they, they live in and I just decided in that very moment that I have to do something. And when I entered in the next film studio there was a huge painting on Mother Teresa. So spontaneously I asked this producer, have you ever thought of making a film about this woman who had the courage and the strength to get up every morning and, you know, face this misery and, and still um, go with it for, for years. He was fascinated about the idea, but he couldn't find money. So um, that's how the idea uh, grew up or the vision um, was born that we want to really make a film um, with donations and then, um, you know, give the whole revenues back to uh, poor people so they have the opportunity to get education and health care. Yeah, we were looking for a scriptwriter, for a filmmaker, and from three parts, actually, of the world, Kamal Musali was uh, recommended to us. And it was just wonderful, wonderful to um, develop the script with him and uh, to work with him as a director. Um, I really adore his creativity and his way of also leading actors and it was a process of course because it's not just any role um, to be Mother Teresa in a film. Of course. A lot of actors don't want to you know, be in biopics because it's too scary to be compared. Well someone who's a saint. <laughs> I mean, uh, she was called a saint in her lifetime. <laughs> And, and so someone who's a saint, you, how do you want to be them? Uh, just to look at a contemporary film series, The Chosen, you know, the, uh, Jonathan Rumi who, who plays Jesus. I mean, how do you play? Do you even want to play Jesus? Well, that's all the time we have today for the producers of Mother Teresa and Me and the head of the Zaria Foundation, which was created in 2010 on the occasion of Mother Teresa's birth centenary to raise funds for the making of this movie. Its aim now is to alleviate the suffering of the poor, abandoned, sick, and dying, and to uplift the standards of health and education for the youth around the world. Come back next weekend when Swiss Indian filmmaker Kamal Musal and co-producer and actress Jacqueline Fritschi Kornas, who plays Mother Teresa, tell us so much more. For more information on these stories, or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.